Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 99th program in this series. In this program, I'm in the end of John chapter 16, John chapter 16, verse 33, when Jesus was telling his disciples that in the world they will have tribulation. That's what he said at the end of John chapter 16. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now there is a little bit of a disconnect between the tribulation you are experiencing and him overcoming the world. In most cases, people sense a disconnect because they are experiencing these tribulations. They want to overcome the tribulations that they are experiencing. God has overcome the world? Well, good for him. You know, good for him that he has overcome the world. But what about me? I want to overcome the world also. So how can a person be of good cheer? How can a person have joy because God has overcome the world, but but what about you? You know, have you overcome your tribulations? You're going to go through your tribulations. Should you be joyful that God overcame all of his tribulations? He overcame the world, and now he's having a good time in heaven, but you are left here to experience the tribulations. But don't worry, you know, in the midst of your tribulations, you can be happy that God is having a good time. You know, that he's not experiencing such great tribulations in his life. This is a way that people will often think about this. But they don't really want to say it. But this is a reality. This is something that people need to think about and they need to understand. And I'll come back to this in a little bit. One of the ways that people try to bridge the gap between God overcoming the world and people dealing with their tribulations is to refer to a few things that Jesus did say. For example, what about physical death? Physical death is definitely an obstacle in many people's minds. This is an obstacle. You are going to die. The death rate is one per person. You're going to get one yourself. This will happen. So to overcome this kind of tribulation that you are going to experience... To overcome this, the only one is going to be able to save you from the experience of physical death is going to be God himself and the way that he decided to save us from the tribulation of physical death is to give us another place and another life where we can be after we physically die. So he can say, don't worry about this, you can have joy because when it's over, When you get through that tribulation, you will have a place with him in the kingdom of heaven. And this is the context of John 
chapter 16, the conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples, that he's going to go away, he's going to prepare a place for them, he will come for them, or they will go to him, however that works out, this will eventually happen, that they will overcome the tribulation of physical death when they experience resurrection in a spiritual context where we will live throughout all eternity in our new spiritual being, in our new spiritual existence. So because of what he did in the context of salvation, he overcame the world by being able to invoke a new covenant, by being able to provide the means by which we can be saved. In the midst of these tribulations, we can have a sense of peace and joy knowing that at the other side of that tribulation of physical death, there is a solution. And this is something that people will think about, and I think that this is a good thing for us to keep in mind. He also spoke about peace in the sense that there would be a place. This is an obstacle in the world, an obstacle of where are you going to be? Everyone in this world needs a place to be, and depending upon where you are or what time era you have lived in, there are different kinds of obstacles related to having a place to be. He overcomes the obstacle of the world by providing us with a place in his kingdom, in his home, where we will have that place in eternity. So there can be a connection between the tribulations that we experience now and the way that God overcame the world. There can be a connection, but these connections still are related to what happens in eternity, to what happens after you depart from this world. In the meantime, people do get concerned about the tribulations they are experiencing right now, and they want to experience freedom. They want to overcome these tribulations right now, which I can certainly understand. I can appreciate. In the previous program, I gave an example about overcoming them in the sense of obtaining great benefit. Benefit in the sense that you grow to know your God more, you grow to understand the world more, you become a better person through the changes and the struggles that you experience in your life, that there can be opportunities for benefit such that you could say you overcame the tribulations because of the things that you obtained through them. And I think that this is worthwhile. I think that this is a good way to consider how we may overcome the tribulations of this world right now. But what I would like to do in this program, in this message, is I would like you to consider a different point of view. A different point of view in the sense that we can be quite self-absorbed. We can be very focused on ourselves. And when we are, then that produces a limitation. When we think about the obstacles in our own lives, and only those, and that is all that exists, that is all that is important, there will be fewer opportunities for us to experience a sense of overcoming these tribulations. The relationship that our God has made with us gives us new opportunities But in order to really experience 
those opportunities, we will have to take a moment to think about someone else besides ourselves. We're going to have to think about our God and the fact that he had obstacles to overcome. And he overcame those obstacles. That was good for him. And while we may not necessarily see how we benefit from his experiences, we can. There are many ways that we can overcome the tribulations in our life because he has overcome the obstacles in his life. And the way that we will experience overcoming the obstacles in our life will therefore be indirect. We will benefit from what he has done, from what he has experienced, and we can overcome our tribulations and our obstacles, but it will be an indirect consequence of him overcoming his. So in order for us to enter into that, we have to take a moment to realize that the world and our lives is not just all about us. It's not just all about you and your tribulations. I can understand, because I know when we are involved in our tribulations, when we are flooded with stress and pressures and problems that we have to respond to, I understand it can be very difficult for us to look outside of our own lives to look outside of ourselves and realize we're not the only ones in this world, we're not the only ones who are living, and that there are others who are involved. In this case, I'm referring to God as a living, active participant in our lives and in the world that he created. We can certainly have joy. We can be of good cheer. We can experience a sense of overcoming our tribulations as a side effect as a secondary reaction or as a consequence of what happens in God's life, of what happens in his experiences. But in order to enter into this, you really have to take a moment to realize that this is not all about you. It just isn't. And this is hard for people. I understand this is hard for us to consider that it's not just all about us. So when he says he has overcome the world, You need to really start with, well, what were the obstacles that he overcame? What were the obstacles for him to overcome? We certainly have plenty of our own, but he overcame his. And when we understand how he overcame his obstacles, then we can begin to have opportunities to see Him overcoming the world gives us something to work with, to have, that enables us to overcome our obstacles in our individual lives. So for the moment, we will have to let go of our focus on our own tribulations and come back to them after we recognize God's tribulations, God's obstacles, and how he overcame those. When we understand that, then we can appreciate how that will affect us. So to begin with this, let's consider when. When did the world become an obstacle for God to overcome? That's the place to start. 
When did the world become an obstacle for God to overcome? He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. For him to overcome the world, there had to be a point in history when it became something for him to overcome. When did that happen? When did the world become an obstacle? Because when he created the world, he didn't create the world to be an obstacle for himself. That's not what he did. When he created this earth, when he created the world that we see and that we understand, that we can study and we can explore, when he created this and he created life here on this planet, he did not create it and design it in a way that it would be an obstacle for him, that it would be something for him to overcome. Do you really think that that's what God did, that God was maybe bored or something, and he decided, you know what, I need some struggles in my life. I need some problems to solve. So I'm going to create this world, and it's going to be filled with all of these kinds of problems and difficulties and struggles that I'm going to deal with because I just need some problems in my life. I need some obstacles to overcome, so I'm going to create some. That is not what he did. According to the historical record that we have, which is in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, as it is related to this, we can see that this simply was not what he did. What he did was he defined a world, he defined a planet, he created it, and he created the life that would dwell on this planet, in this world, and he selected a small region of geography. We don't know what the boundaries were exactly concerning the size of what is referred to as the Garden of Eden. But he defined a specific isolated geographical location. And at this location, he created a garden. And he created two people to be there, Adam and Eve. This is what he did. And when he was done... He said that this was good, and it was. It was not a problem for him. It was not an obstacle for him. It was not something for him to struggle over, something for him to overcome. It was all good. That was his design. Now, as part of his design, he gave Adam and Eve the ability to decide if they wanted to believe God, if they wanted to obey his instructions, he gave them the freedom to decide for themselves if they wanted to do what he said and believe what he said. He gave them the opportunity to decide if they wanted to be in a relationship with him or not. And then in Genesis chapter 3, they made a decision to reject God. That's what they did. So the world that you see right now is not what God designed in the sense of all the tribulations and struggles and obstacles that we are faced with in life. That was not his design. That was not what he created. It is a consequence of... What we experience right now is a consequence 
of the decision of somebody else. That's what happened. When Adam and Eve rejected God, that's what they did, and they were tempted to do so by the devil, the devil told them that God was dishonest with them, that God lied to them, that they should not believe their God. This is in Genesis chapter 3, when the devil said, you will not surely die, but God knows that if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will be like God. He did not say, you will be totally evil, you will be sinful, you will be wicked. He didn't say that. He said, you will be good. You will be like God, and God is good. And he has decided to keep the tree of the knowledge of good and evil away from you, because he knows, he knows that if you know what is good and evil, well, then you can live that way. You can decide not to do that which is evil. You can decide to do that which is good, and you'll be just like God. He doesn't want you to be just like him. He wants you to be who you are right now and not experience the full potential that you could really experience. He doesn't want you to experience that. This is not a good person. So they chose to violate their God, to eat from that one tree that he wanted to keep for himself. How dare he want to have just one tree in this garden just for himself? Now, they went up there and they ate from that tree also. They sure did. And then they experienced the consequences of their decision. Now, God responded to what they did. That's what he did. He responded to the decision of these two people. And his response was to make some changes in the world that he had created. Physical death was now going to be a part of this world. And I understand that people can look at that and say that that was a terrible thing to do to take away a person's ability to live forever. But everything had changed. And because of these changes, and because of the way that the world would become, God did a good thing, and he gave us a way out. Because this world is not heaven. There were some changes that needed to take place because of the decision that was made, not by God, but by these other two people. There were some changes that were now going to result, so we needed a way out of here. And so as an act of kindness, as an act of mercy, God provided physical death as a way for us to get out of this world and to eventually go to heaven. Unfortunately, the overwhelming majority of people do not want to be with God, and so they won't get to experience this. But in the end, there will be some who will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And this is worth it to God. And so these are the kinds of decisions that ended up being made. Sickness, disease had to come into the world as a part of bringing about this physical death and as a part of other things. 
Adam didn't want to follow the rules of the garden. He can go out there and he can plow the fields. He can work the fields. He can pull the weeds. He can do things for himself. There were changes physiologically in Adam and Eve that we experience right now. All kinds of changes. Eve experienced a longer time bearing a child, and so there would be some pain involved in childbirth. Our physiology changed in a way that it is good for us to work. If we are not physically active and doing things, then our body is not going to function in the way that it is now designed, in the way that it is now structured as part of the reconstruction of what the world is going to end up being like because of this decision that Adam and Eve made. So the world changed, but it was not part of God's original design. Now we know that God knew that they were going to do this because he created the world through Christ Jesus. He created the world through the Messiah. And that is a way of saying that he anticipated that they would make this decision eventually. And so he made arrangements, he made preparations. He included in his design a savior who would save people. This is something that we can see when we see that God created the world through the Lord Jesus. He created the world with an understanding that there would be a need for the Messiah, but he did that not because of his decision, but because of him anticipating someone else's decision. So the truth of free will, the truth of choice, is clearly established in the first three chapters of Genesis, especially Genesis chapter 3, that we have free will, we have the ability to choose, and God will be responsive to our decisions. He is not in control of everything. He did not decide that Adam and Eve would eat from the wrong tree as if they had no choice in the matter. I understand that the majority of people in the Christian world want to believe things like this, but this is the beginning. This is the beginning of history, of the lives of people on this planet. And right from the beginning, we have clear evidence to show that our God decided to certainly define some boundaries, but within those boundaries... He has given up some control. He does not make all the decisions for all people. He gives people the opportunity to decide for themselves if they want to have a relationship with him or not, if they want to believe in him or not, if they want to trust him or not, if they want to acknowledge his existence or not. So the obstacles that God faced were obstacles that were the result of the decisions of other people. And you can probably relate to this. You probably have a lot of obstacles in your life that are there because of the decisions of other people. Many of them are quite likely because of your decisions. But there are a lot of obstacles that we can have, a lot of tribulations that we can have in our lives because of the decisions of other people. And this is what God was facing. This is what God has been working with. Now, he said here at the end of John chapter 16 that he finally overcame the world. And we know that the way that he fundamentally overcame the world was through his crucifixion 
and his resurrection. The result of the crucifixion and resurrection is the invocation of the new covenant. So from his point of view, when he invoked another covenant, that was when he overcame the obstacles in the world. When he provided the means of salvation, the means for salvation to humanity, that was a way that he overcame the obstacles that were presented to him. So what does he get when he invokes the new covenant? What does he get? He gets a people who will be in his life because they want to be. He gets a people who will be in his life who believe him, who trust him, when Adam and Eve obviously did not. And I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 99th program and the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I continued in John chapter 16, verse 33, when Jesus told his disciples that in this world they would have tribulation, but to be of good cheer, because he has overcome the world. So in this program, I spoke a little bit about our tribulations, our struggles in life, and this is important to recognize. However... What I want you to first consider is the fact that he has overcome the world, which means that there were some obstacles for him to overcome. It's very important for us to realize and to accept that this is just not all about us. This is also about our God and that we need to start with him and his obstacles and how he overcame his obstacles with regards to the world, then we will be able to understand and appreciate what he meant when he said that we could experience a sense of joy in the midst of the tribulations that we experience in our lives. And I will continue with this in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,